Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And it is our honor to welcome the Secretary of Labor for the United States of America, Alexander Acosta, to our show. Good morning, Mr. Secretary. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing this morning? We are doing very well here in northeastern Pennsylvania, and we know that you visited Signature Building Systems this morning. Tell us about uh, this trip, why you came to Scranton, and what you saw. That's right. I, uh, I just left Scranton a few minutes ago. I was in uh, Pennsylvania yesterday and today, and I'll tell you, I was so impressed. Uh, Signature is employing hundreds of folks, and, and more importantly, they're, they're providing training and workplace education. You know, nationwide, we have 6.2 million open jobs, and Americans want to work, but our colleges aren't providing the skills that the workplace is, de- is demanding. And so you've got employers like Signature, you've got um, organizations like um, the labor management organizations in Pittsburgh that are training people in carpentry and construction and really giving them the skills to have family-sustaining jobs. So do we need to reorient the way that we look at uh, higher ed and move to a model that is more inclusive to job training? Uh, I, I, you know, I think we do. And what we've been talking about is what we call demand-driven education. You know, higher education should talk to employers and say, what do you need? What are you hiring? And, and focus and, and provide individuals the option to learn the skills that employers are looking for. Okay. And maybe we do need to pivot on that model. Now, since the uh, Trump administration uh, came to Washington in January, we understand that uh, 24,000 jobs have been added to, in the state, which is a, a good, it's a good start. And uh, we, we all appreciate jobs, but you know as well as we do, and, and I hate to be selfish about it, Mr. Secretary, Pennsylvania just um, is is lagging behind in, in some areas. Uh, in an area, it's, uh, the, the incomes are not as stellar as in other areas, and uh, the unemployment rate is a bit higher. So uh, how, how have you uh, learned about us in your time on the job, and what kind of recommendations do you have for Pennsylvania maybe to do a little bit better? Well, you know, I, I, I you know, and, and let, let me just say, nationally, uh, we have 1.2 million net jobs, and and that job creation number is for the northeastern Pennsylvania area, not, not, not the entire state. So, so the jobs are being added and they're being created, but we we need to focus not just on job creation, but on on skills development. We need to help individuals that are looking for jobs acquire the skills. That, that employers are hiring because you have all these open jobs, um, but individuals, you know, aren't being given those skills in the school system. And so when they go to apply, do they have what employers want? And, and that, that's how Pennsylvania and, and that's how the Scranton area can really develop. Now, another issue that has arisen here, and it's not an issue everywhere in the country, but it sure is here. Uh, is the ongoing and troublesome 
crisis involving opioids. How has uh, your office looked at that in, in terms of its impact on jobs in the country and particularly where we live? Well, that's so important, I'll tell you. We just had two studies come out, one by Princeton and one by an independent think tank uh, out of Washington, and both of them said the exact same thing. They both concluded that half of adult males that aren't working have an opioid prescription, and and, and that's horrible um, because that say that says that individuals are, are being addicted because they're receiving these prescriptions, and um, the question is should they need it? Do they need it? Are they being told what the warning, you know, what the health risks are with these prescriptions? And it's something that the physicians have to look at, the doctors, the American Medical Association. You know, insurers also have to look at that. The President's Commission just came out with recommendations this week, and those recommendations are going to look at the medical needs for opioids and really question whether they're being overprescribed, and I think that's a great start. Yeah, is if people don't get into it in the first place, uh, then they can uh, maybe avoid it, which would be the best possible outcome. When the the president was campaigning, he talked a lot, Mr. Secretary, about the return of manufacturing to the United States. It was kind of uh, part of his campaign, uh, maybe at the heart of it, because that makes people excited and it makes them happy because I think they like American goods and services and they uh, certainly appreciate the opportunity that may arise if that does happen. Since you've been uh, on the job, how much have you seen, um, you know, have you seen any daylight on that? Because we know it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do, but are you seeing areas in the country where it's actually happening? Well, we are. If you look at the growth, you know, last quarter we had a 3% growth rate, which is a great growth rate. Um, and the question is, where did that growth happen? And it's really interesting. Um, the growth happened, you know, the mining industry, mining oil and gas, grew by over 20%. And that is a phenomenal rate of growth. And that's certainly something that has a lot of impact in Pennsylvania in the long run. And the second area is manufacturing, where manufacturing is finally making a comeback, where the jobs are staying here and people are getting jobs. And these are great jobs. They pay well. They're family-sustaining. And it really makes a difference when someone can get one of these jobs that, you know, helps them support themselves and their entire family. Where have you been in the country where you, you saw that and you were very excited by that kind of a development, uh, a factory that you saw, a plant that you saw, something in the energy sector? Where were you where you thought, wow, this really could be the future? Well, you know, just yesterday I was, uh, I was out in Pittsburgh um, speaking at the Shell Conference. You know, I know that a new coal uh, facility has opened up uh, here locally in, in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, out um, out west in Denver, you're getting new facilities opening up. There is excitement um, in the Wisconsin area as they're looking at a uh, new factory coming in that's going to be creating not just hundreds but thousands of jobs. And and it's it's making an impact. You can't, you know, you, you don't do this on a national basis. You do it facility by facility, a thousand jobs here, a few hundred jobs there. But over time, they've added up. In eight months, we've had 1.2 million net jobs created, and that makes all the difference. We know that the details of uh, what President Trump was talking about yesterday regarding uh, a, a revision or a reboot of our onerous tax code, certainly that's a, a new topic. But when you saw maybe the preliminaries of that, Mr. Secretary, what did you think? 
So I thought, great, you know, look, I mean, here are the simple, you know, I, I think most Americans have very simple asks. You know, do I have a job? Is it a good job? Is it a safe job? How much money am I taking home? And am I going to take home more money for my family? And, and the tax code's designed to, to foster job creation. We want jobs, more jobs, and even more jobs. And to allow individuals a simpler tax code, we're hopefully going to three brackets from seven. Um, we're doubling the standard deduction um, to make it, you know, uh, easier uh, so folks don't have to itemize. And so, in essence, you're getting a zero tax bracket um, for, you know, up to the first, uh, depending on, on where you are, between twelve and 24000 well, it, it sounds like there is promise, but uh, as you know, Washington, sometimes people look at promise and other people try to snuff it out. So I, I don't know where this is going, but uh, hopefully in the future there will be a, a brighter picture. Anything else before we uh, let you go to engage in the rest of your duties today? I would just make two two really simple points. You know, the idea of a zero bracket for the first um, for the first twelve to twenty four thousand where you don't pay any taxes, I think is a really clear, simple concept. And the second point I'd make is going back to to the the, the, the job openings number. Um, there are six point two million open jobs in the United States, and Americans want to work, and it really is incumbent on the higher education system, the colleges and the universities to talk to employers and say, where are the open jobs and how can we teach people the skills that they need to get those jobs? It was so great of you to uh, join us today. Secretary of Labor Alexander Acosta for the United States of America. Thanks uh, so much for coming to town and seeing what we're all about. And, and keep us in mind for all these, these things that happen in government. And uh, who knows what can happen, right? Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.